0: back for another edition of the starting 502 podcast as always my name is presley meyer riding solo tonight nick connor could not make it but i am here battling the mono battling the strep, battling whatever else that louisville kentucky wants to present me uh in this lovely month of february this winless winless month of february for louisville basketball and uh, i believe a two win 2022 so far so Louisville basketball falls, not without not without a fight tonight, but falls again as they hosted the Miami Hurricanes, a team that at one point had the solo lead in the conference, a team that um, has been pretty solid, has some really solid guard play under Jim Laranega this season. Louisville fought really valiantly in the second half, and I was impressed once again with their ability to just not – have any let up or quit regardless of how terribly they started out the game and that there's essentially two components to this game two things that I would want to get into if you're just talking about the overall scope of the game and number one that is simply uh, Louisville's different approach on the offensive end this game Uh, Mike McGee has kind of gone into it a little bit more in detail Um, I think a lot of people are trying to ask L. Um, Ellis and Dre Davis in creative ways, what was changing with the offense, uh, but essentially Louisville averages, they're a team that averages 26 three-point attempts per game this season. They took nine three-point attempts in the first 38 minutes of this game, so completely out of characteristic, and Mike Begeese explained in the pretty solid detail in the post-game that, look, Louisville saw the errors of its ways against Notre Dame and some previous opponents where they were saying, we are not necessarily a team that is structured to just jack up a bunch of threes. Let's change it up, let's do something different. And the the question was kind of structured in a way uh, where Coach McGeeze was simply asked, I only had six assists uh, by six different guys tonight. Why is that the case? And McGeeze essentially said, Our offense is now becoming a more one-on-one sort of offense where they want to take advantage of their players that are solid in the low post. And that's exactly what they did with with Dre Davis tonight. Uh, Essentially, they created one-on-one situations, put players in a situation where they could take advantage in the low post as a bigger guard or a smaller forward uh, and kind of creating situations in the lane. Seemed to go pretty well for the Cards tonight. Uh, they obviously they jacked up four threes in the final two minutes of the game, so it kind of skewed the three-point statistics just a bit. Took 13 threes overall, made two of them. Um, super obviously uncharacteristic of this level team, but I, look, I liked what I saw a little bit better on offense tonight just because they put their players who have the ability to kind of go back to the basket or kind of face up in the low post and, and gave them opportunities to make plays. Uh, LLS once again was, was shining. The other takeaway as well was that Louisville saw that it could not match up with Miami's bigs in a way that it typically would. So uh, Sidney Curry really didn't see much clock tonight. You saw a start from J.J. Trainer uh, only a week after he was unsure if he was even even wanted to be on this roster. I believe that was about 10 days ago now that that Coach McGee said, essentially, J.J. finally came to him and said, look, I want to play. I'm here to play. Let's do it. Had two of his best practices, and apparently he's had one of his better weeks of practices this week. Earned the starting nod. Uh, Trainer and Withers, we saw them a lot tonight. Obviously, that's the duo that we all came to know and and kind of look forward to seeing uh, after the 2020-21 season. So that was encouraging. But again, no Malik Williams tonight. Coach's decision. Sidney Curry played very little. No Gabe Wisnitzer tonight. A little bit of Rose- Roosevelt we were thrown in, and it seemed like Rose and City did okay when they were in. But again, they were taken advantage of a little bit uh, as well on the defensive end. Um, and so, and that kind of brings me to the to the second thing, kind of a concern in this game, and is look, it, it's 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 a trend now that Louisville does not start games very well. Uh, they were down 16 to six to Miami in the first half, trailed by 10 at halftime. Um, and, and again, it's, it's one of these situations where Louisville kind of digs itself into holes, and this is not a team that has shown that it's talented enough to just have a 10, 12, 16, 18-point deficit and be able to, to crawl out of that, and they tried and tried and fought valiantly to fight back to a three-point deficit. Uh, against Miami tonight but ultimately could not get over that hump and I, I think it's much more simple than the coaches and players have made it out to be. Louisville simply just has to start off the games better and Biggie said tonight that it's frustrating for the coaching staff to watch because they see these guys get after it in practice from 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 the jump, right? So why is it all of a sudden that, you know, you are down, you know, 30 to 19? Why, you know, what what is it where Louisville just cannot get things going. And it seems like, you know, they kind of come out the gates and aren't really necessarily running the offense that they're supposed to. They get lost on defense. I mean, look, tonight in the first half, Miami ran the same play, essentially back-to-back, where two guys didn't switch on on the right player on a screen and got an easy alley dunk dunk on, on the back cut. Like, just simple stuff that should be... Be very easily doable by Division One college players. Once again, kind of a patent of this Louisville defense this season. Unable to really, <laughs> unable to put a hand in the face of a guy that that's hot, Charlie Moore from Miami. Pretty much three threes and four possessions for the Hurricanes to kind of get out to that early lead and. I mean, a lot of it, you know, there's a lot of encouraging signs to take away from tonight. But, again, those are, you know, (laughs) when you have the same things happening over and over, regardless of who's in the game, that becomes more of a a cultural thing uh, than anything. You know, Louisville had, I believe, their, what, 15th different starting lineup tonight. Um, So it, it doesn't matter who starts the game. It seems like it's consistently the same thing over and over. They get off to these sloppy starts, make a good run, a good push to bring the game within striking distance or even take a lead, and then ultimately kind of just fumble the bag down the stretch, not able to execute correctly. And look, I think part of that has to do with, you know, if you're the team that's exerting more energy for the middle 20, 25 minutes of the game, then all of a sudden when it's time to execute at the end of the game, yes, as a Division One college college basketball athlete, you should be able to go out there and, and execute at the end of the game. But look, if you are the team that's kind of been on that emotional roller coaster of a run and the opponent still has confidence, ultimately that that becomes that becomes an issue where fatigue just has if not physical mental fatigue has to start coming into play. And it's been very apparent you know even going back to Duke and North Carolina, this team will get the opponent, regardless of, of talent or skill level, will get them on the ropes and then just kind of let them go on a run to end the game. And I think a lot of that is just mental fatigue and just overcoming a hurdle of, you know, I, I would venture to say that there are no players on this team, uh, no players save maybe LLS at Tallahassee Community College last season, have really been through slumps where you're losing seven games. And there's definitely none of these players have been under the microscope that they've been under uh, a fan base that is just absolutely exasperated and just desperate to win. Sitting in the media room tonight, looking in these coaches and players' eyes, it's not like they don't want this just as bad, if not more badly than the fans. I mean, they are the ones that are going out there, putting their names, their bodies on the line to – you know, try to represent themselves and their team and the university in the best way possible. It does not appear from the outside like this is a team that's giving up. And maybe that's the most frustrating part, right? Like it would be one thing if Chris Mack was out the door and it would be pretty, pretty understandable if, if you're a, a fan looking from the outside in. It would be understandable if, if players were just not buying into what the coaching staff was saying. But that doesn't seem to be the case. You know, when, when Mac was at the helm, Louisville was, frankly, just getting absolutely blown out. Players weren't buying in. It was ugly. Uh, immediately, Mike Piggies takes over. Uh, the Duke game, Louisville was right in it. I believe it was 60-60 to 60 with, like, eight minutes left in the game. Uh, North Carolina obviously went to overtime. You know, you go on and on down the list. Obviously, the, the Syracuse game is the only outlier But that's kind of was a a mismatch that I think a lot of fans looked at and thought that Louisville would not win regardless. Um, That's the only real example under Mike McGee's where Louisville has not been able to hang with the opponent regardless of skill level. And that's probably the most frustrating part as a fan, right? Like, you know they're not giving up. You know that they're trying. You know that the coaching staff is trying to implement – different looks, different lineups, different plays, like, you know, as I talked about, Mike McGee's kind of went into detail tonight about how they're changing up the playbook, how they're trying different things, uh, how they're trying to to not necessarily discipline players, but make sure that they're playing the players that are the most bought in. You know, there is a, a lot that goes behind this. It's not like we aren't trying. And so that's probably the most frustrating part is that everybody around this program desperately wants to win from freaking the SID Kenny Klein to to the interim athletic director Josh Hurd to literally anybody that you see involved with the program to the freaking team managers and ball boys and whoever else there's not a sense around this program where anybody has given up or stepped outside of their normal routine or anything like that it's just a case of towards the end of the games it seems like they want this so desperately that they just need to learn how to execute, come together and figure out what the recipe is uh, for success at the end of games you, you've seen them play successfully and long stretches under Mike Piggies uh, regardless of the circumstances or opponent uh, throughout this stretch since Chris Mack has left so that's kind of the most frustrating part for fans, uh, Moving forward, Louisville has Clemson on Saturday at 3 o'clock. Again, a game where you feel like Louisville has a really good shot at pulling this one out. I believe a two-point spread tonight. ESPN actually liked Louisville to win that game. It seems like Clemson would be a very similar situation. Brad Brownell obviously had one of his better squads in the last two years. Lost quite a few important pieces kind of more towards the bottom of the conference uh, once again this season. Um, and they'll present present a different challenge for Louisville, but again, this is a game that the Cardinals should be able to, to pull out. Ultimately, I feel that, that the Clemson game, and just knowing the identity of a Brad Brown out-coached team, I think it's going to be really important that Louisville packs his lunch pail and brings the defense that, we know that they're capable of bringing against Miami tonight. Again, the defense was a little bit lackadaisical, as as I kind of already indicated. Uh, a lot of lapses on defense. You can't have that against Clemson because it's going to be a rock fight. It could very, very well be, and it has been many, many times in the past. Could very well be, you know, uh, a low fifties, high forties type of game. Can Louisville win in that sort of situation? I don't know. Uh, Obviously, they like to muck it up and play ugly at times. But ultimately, like the past five or six games, I believe, I truly believe that it just comes down to Louisville coming out the gate and punching somebody in the mouth. What does that take? Um, Who are the players that can bring that? I'm not really sure. I kind of like the starting lineup tonight. I don't necessarily, you know, J.J. Trainer still lacks the aggression that I think Louisville fans like to see. I kind of like the Sidney Curry, Jalen Weather starting lineup. If, if I feel like that would be a bit more preferential against this Clemson team. So we'll see what Louisville pulls out of its hat. Uh, obviously, you want to see LLS continue to get more clock. Obviously, you want to see Dre Davis continue to trend upwards. And and obviously, you want to see the players that ultimately are you know grabbing boards, getting to 50-50 balls creating second chance points you want to see those guys getting as much clock as possible other than that though you know last week we kind of went into the coaching search you know I I wake up every day and and, you know at some point check social media and there's always a few of you guys out there posting today's a great day to hire Kenny Payne well look (laughs) hate to break it to you but that's not happening Um, It's still going to be a long, extensive search. Uh, I feel that a good timeline to look at if you're a Louisville fan is at the end of the college basketball season, You know, after somebody's cutting down the nets in April. I feel like that's probably the time that we should be looking to see what kind of coaching hire is being made. But no, as far as the coaching search, again, anything that we said last week, all of that still stands. I don't think that you'll hear very much from 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 the administration, from anybody around the program, because it seems like it's a bit not going to say it's out of their hands right now. But it seems like they're going to let this search firm come in, do their job, uh, do their due due diligence and try to come back with who the feasible options are uh, and what the right move would be for this university going forward. Uh, Until next time, we will see you. In the Clemson postgame, starting 502 Podcast, signing off.